Okay, yeah. so we don't even really have it. We don't really even have one for this one because it's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Her weird UFO of white kids. Weird UFO of creepy white kids. No, sorry, creepy white haired kids. Creepy, creepy white haired kids. A UFO full of them. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. So the plot thickens with Lady Who Almost Runs JMO Over. Ready? I'm ready. So there were two tryouts. One was on Monday. Mm-hmm. One was on Thursday. I go to the Thursday tryout. I go late because I had to work. I show up late and I'm walking with Shep back to my car. I park in a different lot and Aldridge is parked in the other one, blah, blah, blah. So again, chaos. People are coming in. As people are going out because they're switching birth years for tryouts, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm st- I'm stopped because cars are going cuckoo. A white Tesla slows down and gives me the go-ahead sign. And I look, and immediately my reaction is, thank you. Throw a hand up. Thank you. I look, and I, it's her. And I go, oh, so we're doing this again? <laughs> Instead of thank you for letting me cross, it just fell out of my mouth. I was like, oh, we're doing this again. Like, you're in a car. I'm walking in a parking lot. It was just like the most, like, happenstance situation. It gets better. Shep goes, oh, mom, that's Eli or whatever. They go to fucking. And now that I look at her and I'm like trying to picture her face. Yeah. I've gone on field trips with her. She knows who the fuck I am. I now know who the fuck she is. So cringy. I don't know what to do. I'm going to I'm gonna play nice. Of course I'm going to play nice. What other option is there? I'm a nice lady. Yeah. But I know what you did, lady. You know what you did. And then didn't even like come, like even, she, that was, she, she acted would, wonky about it. If she would have, the, what I would have done was maybe get out of the car. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I scared you. I'm so, like, I'm, that was my fault. Whatever. You know me. I'm the first to, like, throw up my apologies. Mm-hmm. She didn't do that. I would have accepted a roll of a window down. Yeah. Hey, I'm so, so you know, whatever. I would have even accepted that. Yeah. And no. now we're just right. going to have to know her parking lot etiquette for the rest of school till 12th grade. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, what I see happening because our school is so small I see us being like having to be best friends later. No, no, I will kids not. being best friends. But kids will definitely end up being best friends. We'll definitely have to like go to a party at some point together. I will definitely have one or three drinks and be like, I need to get, I need to address the elephant in the room because that's who I am. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm like, you can't make this up. Not only do we bump into each other again in a parking lot, same week, same situation, but she goes to the kids, her kids go to the kids' school. Love that for us. Oh, my God. I'm going to see her all the time now. I wonder if I know who she is. You might. You might. For Shep to know her child. Oh, maybe not. Well, did she have, she has two, though. She has several. She has several? So I'm going to say at least three. I'm going to say at least three. Two minimum. Because the age range that she's showing up mm-hmm. to the tryout for. Oh, by the way, JML made it. 
Oh, yeah. A or B? B. Yay. Which is what I wanted. A yeah. is too stressful. Like, let's not get crazy. He's good. He's not that good. He's going to have to work it up. Yeah. Um, So fucking proud of him, though. Because, like, you know him. Yeah, He's yeah. his mama's child. He's, like, super angsty, super, like... Like, it's hard for him to, like, open up and, like, play more fluid out there. He's super Wait, in his sorry. head. He, he said... <laughs> I mean, I open up, but you know what I mean. It, like, he's just an anxious child. But he gets the anxiety for okay, me. But his anxiety. anxiety shows in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been somewhere where you have not been slow to open up. You're like... Hi, I'm Jess. Nice to meet you. Let me, you. Tell, you Let me tell you my life story and everything that's on my heart. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you exactly how I'm feeling in this very moment. Because yeah. I can't not. Yeah. That gets me in trouble also, but, you know, it's fine. Anybody who knows me knows my heart. It's fine. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. Is that the Tommy? No, it's your son. Fucking Shepherd? Yeah. <laughs> Hang up on that fool or just answer, I guess. I don't know. Would they be able to hear him? I don't know. I don't think that he's there. I don't know where if he has um, Wi-Fi. I don't think Jack has Wi-Fi right now. No, he's not even listening to you. I love how he's asking you questions but can't listen to your answer. Shepard, smack yourself. He's not even looking. He just repeats. He just gives zero. You ever see our mommy's here? <laughs> Who are you talking? Okay. Bye. Bye. Don't call back. Miss <laughs> Jenna, can I talk to Jack? <laughs> but it's a little smirk because he's like. Because <laughs> he knows he can hear us. But does not give us the dignity of even making eye contact for one second. Mm -hmm. Like he's side eye talking to us. I know. Disrespect. The disrespect. Okay. Should we do it? Yeah. Oh, wait. One more. Sorry. <gasps> what? I watched Vanderpump Rules this morning. Ah! I'm only episode one and half of two in. Well, there's only two, isn't okay, it? Okay, maybe. Because then I feel better. Good. I had to get up and go to my dentist appointment, so I couldn't continue. Aldrich wakes up. Yeah. To, like, Lala. <laughs> and he, like, turns over. He's like, and her <laughs> fucking stupid bodysuit. Oh, my God. Her bodysuit was, like, I was, like, uh. I hate all the bodysuits. It's just wild. I don't know. It, not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, wakes up and he looks over and he's, like, you wake up and do this? <laughs> and I was, like, you take that energy and you turn right over. <laughs> like, get away from me. I'm, like. In my zone right uh -huh. now. And yeah, it was crazy. I definitely... She, Lala's giving me whiplash. Mm -hmm. The whole back and forth with Raquel. Mm -hmm. Rachel? Yeah. Because like so often she's like, fuck her, fuck her, like burn her at the stake. And then she's like, oh, I don't want her to wear that letter on her chest for the rest of her life. Fuck her, you Bambi eyed bitch, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Oh, you know, whatever. Ooh, I like can empathize with where she is. And I get it. But I think it's just not the same. Also, so that though, was my take. I will say that, that the backlash was probably like over the top. Yeah. So she probably said that pre. Like, death threats. And, like, yeah. You know? So I feel like maybe she feels complicit. Did you? <laughs> Did you? What? So you went, poor Tom's assistant. Oh, my God. <laughs> and? 
Poor I'm sorry. Um, every, I'm sorry. Every text message starts with, I'm sorry. And ends with, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she just is like, like grinning, burying the whole bit. And she's like, they're like, what, what if we just decide to have this party here? Because Tom wanted to have his birthday party at the house. Uh-huh. And they were like, what's she going to do? Like, what what can she do? And then Anne, like, interjects, um, well, she did say she would call the police. <laughs> um, no, wait. She people- did insert with a, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, um, I'm sorry. She did say <laughs> um, she uh, would call the police. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And um, I feel like I identify with Anne really, really hard. And she might be my new favorite character of she, the Comp Rules. She, However, she's... Tom Sandoval's assistant, so I'm kind of like, it's go fuck yourself. Yeah, she's Why? probably she's probably there for the pay. I don't know if the pay He's is not that paying great. her that well. She's like maybe there for the exposure. I honestly have no idea why you her what, what she's her, doing. Yeah, but it's it is a uncomfortable spot to watch. But little, I love that. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, but ooh, uh, ooh, she mentioned this. Uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, but no, it's good. It's really good. I'm happy to be back at it. I know. I went through a little peacock lull. Why? I don't know. I think I was like working and being tired from work. Yeah. Tommy comes home on Thursdays and we immediately watch Traders and I tried to start watching Traders, then Gummy Hit, and I was like, can't fucking love it. Can't can't focus. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'm Jenna. And I'm Jess. Those are our names. (laughs) (laughs) And you're listening to spiritually. <laughs> no, I told Morgan we would introduce ourselves. <laughs> I know we're the, we're the worst and like never introduce ourselves, but here we are. But here we've we are. done it, and I think it's it just took my we're... note that says names. Don't forget. I know, and I think it's because it, we're so natural, like just sitting here chit chatting. Like, yeah, we did talk for forty minutes right now before yes. um we even said okay, we're recording. Okay, let's do what we came to do. Uh huh. Okay, so today we are talking about Anne Hamilton Byrne and the family. I should say that for this episode, there is a trigger warning for loss of pregnancy, child abuse, and suicide. So if any of those things do not sit well with you, skip this one. Anne Hamilton Byrne and the family. Why do you say it the like family. that? The family. Mafia? No, it's that's what her cult is called. Oh, or family. one iteration of the name of. Okay, there's more to come. There's more to come. Okay, but um, her last name is Burns. Burn B Y R N E. Oh, just kidding. I was like, wait a minute. Like Rose, Burn. I know a Burn. Oh, and like Rose Burn, this takes place for. <laughs> it comes from Australia. Oh. <laughs> Shout out Australia. Shout out Australia. This is the one I was talking about that I was like, we're going back to Australia. So we're back in Australia. I won't do an accent this time. I mean. I don't quote me on that. What will happen is is you will forget that you're not doing an accent and it's just going to fall out of your fucking mouth. And it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be. It's so gonna be bad. so. That is so. It's good. gonna be so good that I'm gonna be like, oh, I should maybe take that Ooh, out, edit it out, because <laughs> it sounds too authentic. <laughs> They're gonna be confused. They're gonna. Be They're like, gonna oh. be like, wait, is she from Australia? She must be from. Whenever Perth. I think of Australia, I think of um, Paul Rudd being like, I'm, "Is she from Australia?" Really? No, I because no, he goes. Yes, I'm like, I'm from London. Oh, the London? <laughs> it's London. I thought it was 
Australia. But you're, again, we've talked about this ginkgo biloba. Your memory is far (laughs) better than mine. So it could very well I don't know. We're going to have to find out. Yeah. If anybody knows, let us know on the next post when we we post about Anne Hamilton Byrne and the family. You know what Rose Byrne and um, Paul Rudd were in? Yes. We saw it together. Yes. Ninja Turtles. I can see it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Ninja Turtles. Not what I was thinking. <laughs> Not at all. I'm like, get him to the Greek. Wait, no. Uh, no, I'm sure there's lots of other things. Yeah. But that was just the most recent thing that I can remember. I just love her so much. Me too. Her, she just... She does drama, check. She does comedy, check, check. She does it all. And it's so uplifting. Mm-hmm. She, um, what's that one that she's in? It's a show with Will... That's wrong. Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where she's like, they're parents now. Like, they were best friends before. Uh-huh. Fucking A, I can't remember the name. I don't remember it's either, but I know what you're talking about. But it was so good. Platonic? Show. Platonic! And it's only had one, one season, right? Yeah, because it just, like, came out last year, I think. Yeah. Can we do that again, please? Because it was so good. Yeah. I hope they, they come out with another one. I need to watch it so that it doesn't get canceled. It all is in my hands. Can you do me a solid and watch it? <laughs> it needs to, wait, they need it to all like, it relies on me. Yeah. <laughs> all things <laughs> falls on you. No pressure. No pressure, but, but I am the decider. Back, it is certainly your fault. You know. So back to Australia. Okay, yes. Anne Hamilton Byrne was born in 1921 as Evelyn Edwards in Victoria, Australia, and was the oldest of seven children. She grew up in Sale, which is about two and a half hours outside of Melbourne. And her mom was a South London transplant and suffered from severe bipolar and schizophrenia. She was often in and out of psychiatric care and was rumored to have once set fire to her hair in the street. Oh, my God. So that's bad, bad. Bad, bad. Imagine being her children. Yeah. Was there another person in the in the picture, like another grown up? No, he was basically useless. He came in, knocked up their mom seven times, and just would like go away. What the fuckage? That's mm-hmm. terrible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She was also her mom also claimed to be a psychic and a spiritual medium. Okay. Which I don't know. Maybe she did, and maybe yeah. it, uh, who knows. Who knows? So little Evelyn was brought up in a series of orphanages and left mostly to take care of her seven siblings because, again, her mom was in and out of institutions. Dad was gone. And at one point, one of the places where she stayed was across from, like, a primary school that had, like, cute little, like, uniformed, like, rich kids. Yeah. So she got to watch it all. So she got to, like, watch this, like, life of privilege and was, like, a huge bummer to see. Yeah. So in 1941, at the age of 20, Evelyn marries a man named Lionel Harris. Harris joins, she has a baby, Judith, and then Harris joins the army and goes AWOL for eight months because he hears that Anne is not well. So he's like, I need to get back to my wife. She is not doing well. And so, and then she's not really taking care of the baby. So he goes AWOL. For eight months, they find him back at home with Anne and the baby, and then he's sent back to serve for another year. They attempted to have more children, but ended up with having a few miscarriages. After he's discharged, he becomes a car salesman, 
and is unfortunately killed in a car accident while driving to Sydney to pick up a baby boy because they had decided to adopt. To adopt, and he passes away. So he passes while driving to pick up the baby. So Anne is... Can you fucking imagine that? Devastated. Your husband is leaving to go pick up this child that you guys are both excited to bring into your world and raise together and all these things. Your husband dies... What does that mean for you and this child? Do they still get this child? No. They so wouldn't let her adopt they... the baby by herself. Yeah. So she loses both the baby and, and her husband. husband. So she is devastated. Uh, yeah. Devastated. Fuck. And it's during this time that she finds yoga and is able to find peace in this practice. Mm -hmm. This is also a time where she starts dabbling in cosmetic surgery and changes her name to Anne Hamilton. And a lot of this, I, in my opinion, comes from, like, this place of, like, grief and just trying to, like, create something Rebirth new. Like, something. Re, like re, yeah, like, reinvent herself. Yeah. But also, as a side note, she studied under Margaret Segsman, who was super badass yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. She was born in Switzerland in 1905, contracted tuberculosis as a young woman, and was sent to a sanitarium in the 20s to recover, where she learned yoga breathing techniques from Carl Jung. Like, Carl Jung, the, like, famous... Anyway. <laughs> the sweetest moment ever. It was like... <laughs> yeah. So then she goes on to be care goes on to live in Paris, where she becomes a house model for Dior. Oh, shit. Where she just is, like, on call to be, like, to model whatever Dior has Are we still made about up. Anne? No. This Margaret. is Margaret. This is the yoga teacher. Okay, 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 okay. So, no big deal. Model That's for Dior. fucking insane. She then develops arthritis while smuggling refugees into Switzerland during World War II. I love her. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And then she's like... Oh, I think I should get back into yoga because that really helps we'll help with all the things. All the, yeah. So then she goes to Tibet and lives in a monastery for six years. This lady is insane. Yeah. And then her teacher's like, "You, I'm sending you to Australia not only to spread the word of yoga, but I want you to dismantle the guru system. Because at this point, there's been a lot of kind of like guru vibes that is not jiving with a lot of the people who practice yoga. So she's sent to... Sydney, but accidentally gets off in, off in Melbourne. Oh, in Melbourne. Okay, uh-huh. Because she was like, and then she's like, oh, well, I guess that's where I'm supposed to be. So she um, starts teaching yoga the there. Uh -huh, I guess, I'm thinking off here. I guess I shouldn't get back on this boat and uh, go to the place I was supposed to go. So it's in the 50s that she's like teaching yoga in Melbourne, and then that's when Anne meets her. And at this point, she kind of, like, shed all this, like, asceticism, like, you know, like, the monk vibe, and um, started to dress like this, like, European baroness, which was said to be in stark contract to this contrast to the simple black leotards worn by her students. Uh -huh. So this is kind of, like, the basis as to which, like, Anne is introduced, and she falls hard for it. Like, this teacher is glamorous and beautiful. And beautiful, and stunning. Regal, uh -huh. And I think that a lot of this kind of outward appearance is like at first to emulate her teacher. So Segsman opens up the Gita School of Yoga in the late 50s and Anne starts teaching there. And yoga and Eastern religion was getting increasingly popular. It's that spiritual gold rush era. Actually, it's, it kind of predates that spiritual gold rush because this is like 
1858, which is like predates, obviously, the 60s. So Anne is a very successful teacher. She draws in a lot of wealthy white women Mm. and like middle-aged white women, specifically those that are dissatisfied with their marriages. Oh, shit. See? Okay. And I mean, it's the it's the the pressure of being like the ve- in the very most literal sense of the term a fifties housewife. Yeah, the literal, a literal fifties yeah. housewife yeah. was too much. Yeah, and they were like done. Yeah, yoga revolt. This is the thing. Yeah, and at this point, Margaret is what she's like late thirties, forties. Um, Margaret or Anne? I'm sorry, Anne. And yeah, she was yeah in the twenty. So she, she was twenty one. She's very much yeah. in that era with them. Like mm-hmm. okay, I like. So that. as Anne's classes grow, so does her ego, and her need for love and attention and a power and power becomes a little bit more sinister and a little bit more unhinged. Mm-hmm. So legend has it, and this is a rumor. I think she started. <laughs> Or I don't. I'm yeah, not. Like, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. Yeah. Or <laughs> I, I'm not sure if she started it or if Rainer Johnson starts it. But the legend goes that in 1962, three days before Christmas, she rang the bell of Dr. Rainer Johnson, and he was the master of Methodist Queens College at the University of Melbourne, and was a very influential academic, and he was highly connected. He was a physicist who was increasingly more intra- like interested in the metaphysical. So she rings his bell a few days before Christmas or before Christmas and a few days before he was headed to India. And she tells him, watch out for your wife's health because she senses danger. And while they're in India, Johnson's wife suffers a severe bout of dysentery. Uh And so they're like, oh, my gosh, this woman was right. But Mm -hmm. also, like, you're traveling to India in the 50s. Like, I feel like dysentery, to get away with not having dysentery, that would be the real prediction of miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you're traveling and this, like, literally to India, it's going to be in the 50s. Mm Not mm. it's a it's a it's a surprise he didn't get dysentery. Anyway, they're mystified, and they were like, "How would she know that like she would be sick?" So they return to Melbourne and they seek out more about this mystery woman. So a few months later, hold on, let me double check my notes. Yep. Okay, a few months later, <laughs> I just need to make sure I have two sets of notes. So I'm like being a little bit of a crazy person. That's right okay. Now. I like it. So a few months later, in 1963, Anne's daughter Judy is in a car crash, gets super lucky and survives. I could tell by your eyes you were going to be like, Nick. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Honestly, I have Judith right here. And I'm like, what is, where oh, no, is she Judith. doing all this? Where so, is yeah. she? So she's in a car crash, gets super lucky, survives. And Anne starts to organize spirit help and prayers to kind of help Judy. And within a few days, she's sitting up. She's normal. Her blood pressure is good. Her temp is good. And she's able to just go home. Oh, wow. Um, And this convinced Rainer that Anne was the most Christ-like person that he'd ever met. And he was convinced she had the gift of ESP. But really, this hurts. Judy at this point is like, what, like 21? In a very she's young. healthy body that it can that can bounce back, you know? Uh-huh. She's but, just like a young person yeah. who like could bounce back. Yeah, exactly. So Her bones aren't all junctified. I know. So Rainer and his wife become the first initiates of Anne's group and they start experimenting with LSD for research. 
obviously. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) And at this point, LSD is a new drug. Yes, it's associated with the hippie movement, but up until this time, it's actually being used by the CIA to see if they could use it for mind control. I believe that. Yeah. So the only bits of LSD that do get out come from come from like somehow the CIA like mishandling and moving, yeah. not not Falling having it the right. cracks. Yeah, flipping through the cracks. And you know, like friends, like I think that's how like Hunter S. Thompson and like. You know, like a lot like Jerry Garcia, like they knew people who worked. And so like they were like, oh, because everyone at the CIA was like drugging themselves and having like a good time because they were like, this is fun. But also they were like torturing people by giving them LSD and like trying to turn their brains into mush. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that they were experimenting with LSD for like fun purposes, but I think that they had caught wind that it was used for mind control and we're like, this let's is the way. Happens. Let's see what happens if we introduce this to this group of people. So Anne called it sacred mana. <laughs> really? I know. <laughs> okay. And Rainer and his wife buy this huge house in Fernie Creek where Anne would live, and they build this lodge with the donations from followers. So they would Anne would lecture and hold meditation classes. It drew a really big following, especially with like the LSD kind of business where a lot of times they would like take the lsd and then she would tell them things and it would kind of like leak into their beliefs uh-huh. so they come and it grows especially because rainer johnson is involved now it's got kind of this like academic backing where right where they're like, like this oh, is more he's, serious yeah yeah he's into it he's, so he's they come serious. to call this group because they're like oh we need a name they come to cra- call this group the great white brotherhood <laughs> of <laughs> serious about this because it's a very serious name. I think that's why I was laughing. The Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. (laughs) (laughs) Of Initiates and Masters? (laughs) It's like they were playing like D&D and they were like, you know what would be a good name? The Great of Initiates and Masters. (laughs) That wasn't my Australian accent though. Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Oh my god. That was a good one. Yeah. So she would preach this hybrid philosophy. She would combine Christianity, Hinduism, and Buddhism with this emphasis on karmic cleansing. So she was like, you've lived all of these lives. You've been reincarnated, reincarnated to suffer, but let this be your last life. And I can help you to cleanse your karma. So she told them she's the only one that can, like, stop this wheel of suffering. Oh, wow. Yeah. She also said she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and that her initiates her initiates were the reincarnated 12 apostles. What? It, that, it, you know. I told you, things start to become unhinged. It's fucking weird, man. You should have known. You should have known a great white <laughs> no. brotherhood. The great white brotherhood of initiates and masters. Uh-huh. Bill Byrne was a married Englishman with four children who joined the family and became enamored with Anne. And he very quickly tired of his wife, May, 
and sent her to New Haven, a mental hospital that was run by the Great White Brotherhood. Fuck off. Are you serious? New Haven was owned by a member of the family and staffed by doctors who were also part of the family. The Great White Brotherhood. The Great White Brotherhood. They were said to have used LSD, electroconvulsive therapy, and lobotomization to treat patients. Oh, my God. He's literally like, you know what? Shiny new object. I'm feeling like I'm into her. Nothing is wrong with you, but I'm going to go ahead and send you away to this insane place Mm -hmm. where they can zap your brain up. And I'm discarding of you, essentially. Yeah. The mother of our four children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck that. So she just disappears into the institution. Just wherever. I just figure because out. her husband says so. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? Well, that was like how it was back then, is that you were women were property. So yeah. They could do whatever Disposable. the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Do you know I would just stab Aldrich in his third eye? <laughs> like, oh God. Okay. A spiritual lobotomy? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of lobotomization. You get rid of this? Nope. Let me show you. Yes. Stop. So Bill and Anne eventually marry, and they both take the last name Hamilton Byrne. So it was kind of progressive because she was like, I'm not giving up my last name for you. You can hyphenate, and I'll add yours onto mine. Yeah. Okay. All right. But hey, Anne. In 1968, a shift happens, and the cult starts acquiring children. No. From nine or from sixty-nine to seventy-five, Anne Hamilton Byrne procured twenty-eight children. What? From where? Where are they snatching up these kids? So some were just given to her by initiates. What? People and just like giving them like, here you go, offering up their children. Mm-hmm. Others were illegally adopted, and by illegal, they they were young teen moms that were like didn't were like worried and wanted to give probably wanted to give their kids up for adoption, but then were drugged during childbirth with a pillow placed over their heads so they couldn't see the baby and see what it looked like. And the what? babies were taken from them. That got very specific, very quick. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Literal drugged pillow. Take yeah, they baby. were like suffocated, but no, they no, were no, like ju- just yeah, like, they were like see. they can't see the baby. Yeah. Take baby. And they were like, it's easier if you don't see the baby. Let me put this pillow in your face after I've drugged you. Yeah. How kind. <laughs> your bedside is incredible. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Mm-hmm. How sad. Because you think about, like, I don't know. Thank goodness I've never been in a position where I needed to give up any of my children where I was the better option. I was 100. I actually told my dad when we were, when I was young, like, I think when we had this conversation when I was like 20 something like early 20s and I was like yeah I thought I always thought about like what if I did get pregnant I was like I'd have the kid but put it up for adoption probably because I couldn't offer it anything Mm -hmm. at that age you know I'm not I wouldn't be able to you know he's like fuck that I'm gonna take that baby that's my my grandbaby yeah he was like I would take your baby in a heartbeat my kids are saying you're so kind I know but I thought about that like what if that that would be the option for me and that already is so Mm heart-wrenching and for that to be the experience that they have like all of it's wrong it just yeah. feels wrong it is wrong super wrong super wrong. so the there were so many like lawyers and like doctors and nurses that were like part of the group that they were able to like make sure that the paperwork looked lined up good enough yeah and like skirted the legal kind of it's situations. So wild to me how these groups grow in such a way and grow so fast and like with these educated people mm-hmm 
that just like get lost in the sauce. Yeah, I'll do things that aren't necessarily right, are going to put my licensing in jeopardy. And, you know? Yeah. Like, I have no problem being wrong. Okay. Yeah. So for years, Anne would wear, like, a fake, like, a prosthetic belly and, like, maternity (laughs) dresses. What? To be like, these are my biological children. They're coming from me. So she claimed that 14 were her biological children. When, in fact, one. Not even. Judith is not even. She's an adult. not even. Yeah, Judy's off. I think she took her grandkids, though. Fuck that. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, she took Judy's I, I believe that Judy was, like, st- like kind of part of the group because it was her mom and yeah. she was probably brainwashed. But I think her kids were part of it. But, yeah, they were – all these kids were told that they were her biological – that she was their biological mother. And then she dyed their hair platinum blonde, like, white, white blonde, so that they would look like they were siblings and she had them wear these like ridiculous like matching outfits that like she wanted them to look like the von trapp family from sound of music no you know like the like the duggars i mean i i remember i don't know the duggars but the the von trapp kids are like you know like the Good night, farewell. <laughs> you know, like and those kids where they're like, do good to you, and you, yeah. and you. <laughs> okay. She wanted them to look like those kids, but they look like the kids from Village of the Damned. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's oh, what that's they look creepy. like. Creepy. Creepy. Fuck that. So despite claiming to love children and what outwardly would look like, she really wants to be a mom. Like she has... 28 kids she constantly has the belly but in reality she wanted nothing to do with them and didn't even live with them instead they were kept at this property called Kailama, which they called up top at lake eelden where they were homeschooled and looked after by other members who the children called aunties and they were kept in seclusion were regularly forced to exercise and were punished severely and Anne not only knew about the punishments which included waterboarding Fuck, are you serious? Yeah. Like, they would, true like torture technique. Yeah. But she liked to be on the phone when it happened so that she could hear she their hear screams. It? No, she's a special kind of fucked up. Yeah. And when she did take part in the beatings, she would beat them with her stiletto heel. Like stab them, essentially. Yeah. Poke them. I mean, I don't know if it was the hard part, if it was the the toe. Maybe it was the toe. I imagine if it was the heel, kids would more like kids would have been dead. So damaging. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hoping it was the toe toe. or maybe it was a flat heel. It was like the early 70s. I did say stiletto. It must have been in. You wouldn't have come up with that. It must have been No, it did come from a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like how I was thinking stiletto. I was like, maybe it was a flat. No, no. no, Maybe it was a chunky heel. It sure was not. No. Stiletto is very specific and very pokey. Yeah. So she claims that this was not only for the kids' well-being, but for the world, because when the apocalypse came, they would be the ones who would survive and help to start a new master race. This is so (laughs) fucking wild. This is so insane. How does it escalate to this? I think it's at this point she's had followers for, what is this, the 70s? So like they're on 25, almost 30 years. So probably like a frog in a boiling like a boiling pot of water like how yeah it is it is that it is that because like you would never like i didn't see this coming no and i should have i just didn't see where it started 
I did see. But like a lot of these groups, like that's how they start is that they get your allegiance. They make you feel better. They give you the tools that you think you're making you feel better for about yourself, for yourself. So you think that you're being empowered, but really you're relying on the expertise of this person who is then starting to stay, say crazy or batshit stuff. And it's probably over a really long period of time. It is because, you know, like if you if you dropped all of this on someone like real quick, they would be like, like red flag, red flag. But when you're just so subtle, it happens so subtly and you're just kind of used to it. You stop second guessing and you just go with it, I guess. Like it's just normal. And so I was thinking about Om Shinrikyo, right? Because it was kind of similar, right? Where they were like, the world's going to end. The apocalypse is coming. We're going to be. This is the way. This is the way. And I never thought that Om Shinrikyo would seem like the more logical (laughs) group. Because they were like, oh, there's going to be a big war, which is like, I don't know, could happen. No, it's inevitable. Sure. But Anne Anne told her followers that the apocalypse would be um, extraterrestrial. So she said that aliens. Santa Fe. Yeah. Very uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Well, no, different. A different kind. So she said that the aliens were going to cleanse the earth of evil. So the kids needed to be ready to get on that UFO so they would be safe. And then the aliens would drop them back off and be like, Shepard, your son. Beat him. (laughs) I will beat him. He's not calling me. He doesn't care about me. No, he's not calling me either. He's calling Jack. He wants the Jack Jack. Yeah, the the UFO was going to, like, pick them up for a quick ride. They were going to cleanse the earth, and then they were going to drop them back off. And that's when they would become the master race. That is so fucking wild. Do you see how, like, that never, that, it all started with somebody giving her extra attention because she projected her, like, she she said that your wife was going to get sick on this trip that you were probably going to yeah. get sick on anyway. And then all of a sudden, the, we're out, we are where we are. Like, yeah, this is we are where crazy. we are. Yeah. Which is wild. So the aunties would regularly regularly withhold food from them and bring out chocolate for them to fill the, film these like super weird videos where they were like playing rugby or like cricket or something and being like, we're super, we're in nature, we're, we're healthy great. kids. And we we're idyllic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was used as this recruitment tool to like widen her base. That's really gross. They were also. I also hate that they're called the aunties because I know giving aunties a bad giving name. Giving aunties a bad name because like with our culture, everybody's an auntie. Mm-hmm. If I've known you for longer than you know whatever, if I you know you're Two close seconds. to my family, you're auntie, auntie this, auntie that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So the kids were also told. Is that Jack? What? <laughs> is it Shepard? <laughs> Fuck! Is it Shepard? It's fine. He's off now. He he hung up, but it gave me that like miss. Let me tell Aldrich to get his kids under control. <laughs> Can you tell Shepard to stop fucking calling Jenna for Jack? Jack, <laughs> we are recording, and I'm gonna follow him through the phone. <laughs> okay. My God. So I'm going to Paolo him. <laughs> I came through. Like the name Paolo? <laughs> Paolo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to Paolo. <laughs> okay. He knows what I'm saying. Yeah. You can read through the bullshit. 
Okay, so the kids were also told that the police were evil and that they would be stolen and beaten if ever found. So they had hiding places in their house, which was like this little cupboard where all of them would hide. Oh, my God. Like stuffed in yeah, like yeah, sardines yeah. The police were and like hold their breaths in case like the police ever caught wind. And if an officer did catch them and they were told to be like, yes, we're well fed. Yes, we're well treated. But in reality, they were like, I mean, yeah, I guess we are because they didn't know any they different. They don't know any different. Yeah, everything's great. I think it is. Um, you tell me that it is. I don't know. Yeah. So if they were being too wild, they were just dosed with Valium to keep them docile. What the fuck? Not the what worst the part. God. So then when the kids reached 14, they would undergo the ceremony called the clearing or going through. And in it, they were given LSD for weeks oh my god alone in a room and Anne would put on this like white flowy dress and carry like a bucket of dry ice behind her with like this light so she would look like an apparition <laughs> what is and then she would come in the room and be like who is jesus and if they didn't respond the way she would just float out of the room it wrong wrong but, and so she would come back and be like who is Jesus until they would be like, you are. No. Mm hmm. Oh my God. And they would be fucked We're up for months. Honestly, how much mental like fuckage that happened just being on LSD for that long? You know, like drugs are wild. They do things. Like, yeah. And there's like for children, for, for children, 14 developing children. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1979, Anne takes some of the kids to a Siddha Yoga ashram in the Catskills in New York, and they have a private darshan, which is like a private like meeting mm -hmm. with Swami Muktananda, who is like a very famous yogi who like came over from the U.S. And he was known to practice, which I don't know. One of his followers in one of these documentaries was like, he was known to practice black magic. And I've never heard that ever in any of my, like, in all the and all the read, yeah, uh -huh. all the readings of him. I've never really heard of black magic. But she says that she thinks the reason why Anne specifically went to Muktananda was because she had heard that he does practice black magic. And when she got there, he gave her the name Ma Yoga Shakti, which and perceived as being like a great honor right it means like the great like shakti is like the great goddess so it's like the goddess mother kind of however the follower was like she would walk in and he'd be like oh here comes ma yoga shakti uh-huh just like oh my god that makes me happy it does muktananda is also super yuck though so oh. so i mean it's neither here nor there yeah it's yuck um, to yuck that's fine but she was interested in this like black magic piece and it's supposedly sarah moore who is one of the older kids later recalled that one time he was like, who wants to leave the family and come live in India with me? And all the kids were like, me, me, me. And Anne was fucking pissed. Uh -huh. So then she's like, no, these are my. So then the kids are not only punished for disloyalty, but it creates this huge rift at the ashram where people defect from Muktananda's followers and start following the family because they were like, oh, yeah, no, that's not right. He's trying to like steal her. Yeah, kid. he's trying to steal her. Kid. Like it looks it's a bad look. I it's a bad. 
bad I can luck. See that. But also, they're being abused. So yeah, really, so it was like, do like it's all like it, it's it's all bad. They are fucked there. They would have been fucked with him. They're all yeah yeah. Everyone is fucked. Everyone is fucked is usually the the theme is, of is every episode. Goes. Yeah. So in 1987, Leanne Kreese was a child at Up Top, and she was 15 at the time. Anne was beating her, so she slaps her back. Fuck yeah, she does. Oh, my God. And then I'm she goes, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm not hanging around for this. So she jumps on a window and just runs, 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 like ran until she could find literally anywhere to go. Jumps out a window. Yeah. Runs away. So she manages to find a neighbor, and they call the police, and they don't believe her. And they bring her back uh, to up. No. Yeah. And so. That is like her. That is the worst thing that could have happened in that moment. I know. And at the same time, things like start to go missing at people's houses, like in the neighborhood. And it turns out that Sarah Moore, at the same time Leanne Kreese was like trying to get help. She had been sneaking out at night to steal food from neighbors' houses and then would stash it and like feed it. And feed her and like, feed her siblings. Oh, yeah. And so and Leanne Crease, that happens. And then they're like, mm, not a thing. Take her back. But then people start reporting things missing and they're like, it's those weird blonde it's kids. It's those kids. Yeah. It's, it's those weird blondes that gotta be stealing food. So they're like, huh? I wonder maybe something is happening. Yeah, maybe there is this something. This is weird to shit to be stolen. It's not jewelry. It's not anything of high value. Literal food. Yeah, and I think that the neighbors were like not calling to get the kids in trouble, but they were like, "Food is missing," and I'm pretty sure it's these kids, and something's not right over there. Yeah. So a few months later, Anne kicks Sarah Moore out. Sarah's 17, and the pass to leave, but. She's getting older. She's more rebellious and causing problems. But this was like the ultimate. Sarah said that she like begged to stay because because she was they were taught that the outside world is dangerous and evil. And so she was terrified. She's yeah. like, well, I'm rebellious here, but this is still my safe zone. If I leave, am I going to die? What that am look I going to for me? What is yeah, what's like going to happen? It's honestly sometimes scarier. Yeah. So she was terrified. It was like the ultimate punishment. And Anne was going to use it as like, this is what happens yeah. if you fuck you up. You're going to have to go out in that evil world. Yeah. So Sarah leaves but manages to contact the Victoria police. And her statement leads to a raid on August 14th, 1987. What a birthday present to me. I was one year old when they... Aww, yeah, what happy, happy one-year-old birthday. Happy first birthday. This raid. Aww. Uh-huh. So Leanne Cree says she was so relieved and went willingly with law enforcement to show the younger kids, like, it's okay. Like, it'll be fine. Please understand. Like, don't be afraid. She was the only one. What? Everyone else. No one else was arrested. Bill Byrne was home. Anne was out of the country. No one was arrested. Just Leanne Crease goes. And then they're like, they start to monitor a little bit more. I think they end up taking some of the kids like a few days later. But... Following the raid, Bill Hamilton burned flees as well. I was just going to well. say, what happens, like, the, they don't address the adult that's there, Bill? No. They, they like, address him, and he's like, oh, well, I don't know, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Yeah. So, in 1993, six years after the raid, a joint operation between Australian, UK, and U.S. law enforcement named Operation Forest, which I just like. I like that. I like 
I like that name. They finally located Bill and Anne in the Catskills in New York. They were extradited to Australia and charged with conspiracy to defraud and commit perjury by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children as their own triplets. Charges were later dropped. Anne pled guilty to making a false declaration, and each of them are fined $5,000 each. Okay, it's like a slap on the wrist. I don't think that that's enough. I think that there should be. Yeah, that was it. No. No, well, I mean, that's not the end, but that's all. That was all. That All that happened to them? Mm-hmm. That was all that happened to them. After stealing, essentially, humans? Mm-hmm. Cool. In August 2009, Rebecca Cook Hamilton, Anne's granddaughter, sued for psychiatric psychological illnesses, alleging malnourishment and cruel and inhuman treatment, and was awarded a quarter of a million dollars, which does not cover. No, it does not. And then that year, a member, Cynthia Chan, also sued Hamilton Byrne for having brought, bought property from her, and it was the property was never transferred over. She won a quarter of a million dollars, too, which is like under... Well, under that almost half a million that she was owed, but she can fuck off because she was part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. get to just sue and be like, right "You off. didn't give me my property yeah, after no, you were well, like you complicit." Too, so yeah, yeah. So I don't want anything to go well for you. Yeah, Sarah Moore, which is like her birth name, went on to become a doctor and found her birth mother, who told her that during her birth she was drugged that whole thing with the pillow. Oh. And then she suffered bipolar and PTSD and tried to take her life on more than one occasion. And in in 2016, she died at the age of 46. By her own hand or? Um, It was complications due to that. Oh, that sucks. I know. Anne Hamilton Byrne died in 2019 at 97 in a nursing home where she was uh, being treated for dementia. that long? Okay, well, cool. I don't know. Dementia's kind of hardcore, so. I mean, no, maybe I that's wish- why she lived so long is that she got to forget all the atrocities yeah, she committed. Yeah, maybe. That was generous of the universe because she should relive all the bullshit that she put everybody through. That's not fair. But, you know. Yeah. She's, if you see videos of her, she's like very unhinged looking towards the end too. Like her wigs get more ridiculous. <laughs> that satisfies me. She's like, there's this one where she's like walking to Wait, the car. Wait, what to Bill? He dies sometime. I don't know. Whatever. They stay married, but I think they get, like, a bunch of dogs or something. But they, yeah, no, there's this video of her, like, like, traipsing to a car looking, like, super smug. But, like, her wig is, like, super fucked up. And, like, (laughs) she's, like, bald with, like, the where the wig starts, like, halfway back. And she's got on, like, these big glasses and her lips are, like. Just all sorts of disheveled. Uh Uh-huh. I love it so I know. And that's it. That is the story of Anne Hamilton Byrne and the family or the great white brotherhood of Um, initiates and masters. masters. GWB. Uh (laughs) So good. So fucking gross. Their weird village of the damn kids. The great white, instead of great white buffalo, great white brotherhood. It's not even like an original name. No, it's not. Like you straight up, I think, stole that from the KKK. They straight up, I don't know, but they stole the air out of my lungs when you fucking (laughs) looked at me straight faced. I had no idea what was coming and you couldn't handle. Great white brotherhood. I know. Oh my God. And you know what's actually very crazy is that when she first started teaching, a lot of the, a lot of her students were like, like middle-aged jewish women because they were like and when you said cat skills i'm like 
Yeah. So there was like a lot of Jewish women that were her students who were probably recovering, like trying to heal from the trauma of World War II, of being a completely like, like the, like the, God, what is it called? The ancestral trauma, right? Or no, I guess during that time they would have been, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Just like they would have been like healing from that. And then all of a sudden to be like this great white brotherhood, right? Like, <laughs> great white brotherhood, am I right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? How how are people? It doesn't make sense. I don't. It doesn't make sense. It literally doesn't make sense. And a lot of um, her when you said her granddaughter sued her, that would be Judith's, Judith's daughter. daughter, bio daughter. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know if she was like a real one. Yeah. Yeah. No. I guess a lot of the kids like stayed in touch afterwards because they were the only ones that like would know there was like one son i think that like stood by them for like way longer because he was like well i literally was because a lot of them they didn't know that they know and they didn't know that she wasn't their biological mother they literally until like the like the rug was like pulled out from under them god all the trauma all the trauma just trauma from so many different things they must need some uh energy healing yeah It's a little too. <laughs> it's a little too late. Most of them are very old now, but yeah. that is that. That's what should we call this one? Great White Brotherhood. What? The great, great White. <laughs> you going back to Buffalo? Oh, great White Buffalo. The Great White Buffalo. GWBs of initiates and masters. I don't know these Village of the Damned kids. I I wish here. I'm gonna find a picture. I'm gonna show you, and you're gonna be like, "What the actual fuck?" Ma Yoga Shakti. Ma Yoga Shakti. No, the man cult. The alien situation. These poor kids. Look at this. Oh my god, that is scarier than I imagined. Yeah, it's really scary. It's the the dark clothing, the bright. Blonde hair. Yeah, no. Terrifying. That is terrifying. That is asking to be evaluated and to be looked into. But nobody was like, when the police showed up, they're like, all things are checking out. This is after she was arrested, Anne Hamilton Byrne. Oh, my God. Just But wait, that's not her. That's not my favorite. It gets gets better. It does, yeah. Look at her no makeup. Look at them crazy eyes. Oh my god, those when you're no makeuping and your eyebrows still go that high. Ooh. You've got villain in your soul. Life. I mean, yeah. even look at this guy. Her husband looks like he also has had work done. That jawline. Oh, that's right. Cause she was doing cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. Before it was like a big the family. Yeah, this is her towards the end. Oh my god! Okay, that brings me peace. She's looking real. She's on real, real rough, haggard, real rough McGruff. Kind of like that, but yeah. Look at these kids. Terrifying. Terrifying. Okay, so it's kind of nice. We got a little break from the rapes. Yeah. So actually, well, this was actually always no. I was gonna do Muktananda, mm. where there's a lot of rapes. Oh, fucking. Nice. So then I skipped. And did this one. And then there was another one that was after that that was Rapaze. <sighs> and then I have slowly been like, Ugh. yeah, Because you can't. It's hard. It's so Honestly, hard. Honestly, there's, there's, you know, I don't, I don't love a Rapaze moment. And I don't love children getting abused. 
Aldra just texted me back. I'll let Paolo know. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my um, God. Okay, yeah. so we don't even really have it. Uh, we don't really even have one for this one because it's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Her weird UFO of white kids. Weird UFO of creepy white kids. We, we, no, sorry, we, creepy white haired kids. Creepy, creepy white haired kids. A UFO full of them. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. I'm telling you, the Great White Brotherhood might be it for me. That's crazy. I think because it took my soul and made me laugh <laughs> so much. Um, my eyes, my eyes thank water. you for listening. Thank you for listening. And please reach out to us on the Instawebs. We would love to hear any and all feedback. Comment on our post. Hi, Morgan. If you want to support our podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash spiritually fucked. Um, there we post unedited episodes and you will get a shout out. Other than that, you can follow us on Instagram at spiritually effed podcast and follow, rate, and review. Please. Please. <laughs>